The Start On Demand. On demand. spent a lot of the show today talking about moving during a pandemic. What are some of the challenges that come with trying to buy or sell a house? What about trying to find an apartment? And what about the actual act of moving itself? Much to discuss on this topic because, hey, you can't always pick when you have to move. We'll also talk about the latest phase of panic buying. The CEO of Walmart says hair color is the latest craze. What's become the most sought after item in your household? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Easter Monday, April 13th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb live on Easter Monday. Yes, we are live on this April 13th. And I want to start by welcoming back Loren McNabb, who I understand, Loren, you made yourself an interesting uh, purchasing mistake over the weekend with the grocery click and collect. I initially thought it was a mistake, but I'm going to say now (laughs) it was a win. But I had clicked I had to make an appointment about two weeks ago at Superstore. That was the nearest appointment I could get was on Saturday at six PM for a pickup. And so I waited two weeks for that appointment. Had to get my order in by Wednesday. Usually you can get it in the night before, but now because they're so busy, they need several days to process these things. So I thought I had ordered a turkey for our Easter Sunday. Uh, along with a bunch of other things, go to pick up the order and uh, realize there's no turkey that's been purchased, but there were $150 worth of T-bones in the grocery bags. And so I don't know how I did that or what I clicked or how I didn't notice, but these are the things, these are the mistakes you have to live with. So we had steak yesterday for supper. It was really good. We uh, will be having steak for many suppers to come, it turns out. Taking the Bob Ross approach. Happy mistake. Just a happy mistake. Exactly. My husband was like, I think this is amazing. But yes, there's a lot of steak in the freezer right now. That's awesome. Well, hey, that is a happy mistake. Now I'm curious... I'm curious to know how steak would come out uh, via Skip the Dishes. We do have more Skip the Dishes uh, gift certificates to give away this week, by the way. So we'll give one of those away a bit later on. And Greg, uh, you were telling me that uh, you had yourself a full supper last night as well. We had Zoom Easter dinner with uh, our family, Jackie's mom and dad, uh, Jackie's sister in Toronto, and uh, Jackie's sister and brother-in-law here in the city. So we gathered around each of us around our computer monitors, and uh, we all ate together. Said Grace, the whole kit and caboodle over Zoom. So it was was a little bit of a different way to do it, but uh, obviously the responsible way to do it, and hopefully everybody else did exactly the same thing. Not, Not necessarily a Zoom meal, but certainly something that didn't include going to a house where you do not live. What did you end up having for Easter supper, Brett? I just had a salad. I just had a boring salad yesterday and uh, sat and watched more episodes of Money Heist on Netflix. Uh, Great show, by the way. Super exciting. It's a Spanish show, so you either have to tolerate subtitles or you can switch the language to English, but I hate dubs. But if you're looking for an exciting show, it's one of the top trending shows on Netflix right now in Canada. But I I, got to say, I, I was out for a walk yesterday. And you mentioned, you know, as long as you had dinner at your own home. And I walked past 
what appeared to be a couple of grandparents getting out of their car with gift bags in hand, uh, getting uh, approaching a home. I didn't see if they actually went in or if they were just dropping off a care package because, I mean, I had a care package dropped off on Saturday. My buddy Mike and his wife Anna stopped by my apartment and gave me some cookies that Anna and their daughter Melina made for me, which was fun because it was super windy on Saturday. So Mike tried to put the bag down on the ground for me to then pick up, but the wind would have taken it away uh, well into Osborne Village. (laughs) So he had to reach out as far as he could, and I reached out as far as I could to grab the gift bag and get the cookies. Uh, so anyway, back to the grandparents. I don't know if that's what they were doing, but I felt I felt sad that my first thought was, oh, you better not be going into that house. Got to follow Dr. Rusin's orders. Uh, that's what we, I guess that's where we're at right now is, is thinking you got to stay away from other people. Yeah. And we're all on the judging to, porch. Yeah. It's hard not to get on that porch or be on that train because we've all been adjusting our behaviors. Like what I, what I do today is not what I was doing three weeks ago, you know, and it's, it's been like this evolving process. And so it's hard to not judge or feel like you're being judged and to make sure you're doing the right thing in part to keep your distance. And so it's uh, I, I know how you feel, Brett. It doesn't mean they were doing anything wrong at all. And at the same time, part of your brain thinks, well, what are you doing? Why are you going over to that house? Why are you... None of my business, but it's all of our businesses now, it feels like, Greg. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, we had three different care packages over the weekend show up on our front steps. We had some bunny-shaped shortbread cookies with delicious icing. We didn't know who it was, so we had to send text messages to friends, family. Did you drop cookies off? No, but I guess I should have. We finally figured out that it was our neighbor, Pat, from a couple doors down that dropped them off uh, for the boys. Um, I should probably let the boys know that those cookies are actually in the house. And uh, my brother dropped off a care package, and uh, so did uh, my mother and father-in-law. And I saw my dad from afar this weekend, dropped him off some bread and milk, and he sort of shoved a grocery cart at me, and I filled the grocery cart and shoved it back at him, and we waved and shared our our I love yous, and that was it. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's such a different time right now, but uh, we will overcome this, and uh, we will get through it without any question in my mind. Uh, a positive day yesterday with zero new cases of COVID-19 in Manitoba. That's got to be boding well. Yeah, yeah, that's great news, especially because uh, I, I, the sooner we get through this, the better. Like, I woke up Saturday morning. I went to bed, I think, at 1.30. I managed to not take a nap all day Friday. and uh, Or did I take a nap? I can't remember now. I think I might have napped in the afternoon for a little bit. But I was able to stay up till 1.30, and then I actually went to bed, which is unusual because usually I fall asleep on the couch, and then I wake up at 4 a.m., and everything's a mess. But I went to bed at 1.30 and said, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to set an alarm. Hopefully I wake up after 10, maybe 11, maybe even 12 o'clock. Naturally, I woke up, I think, at 7.30 and finally got up at 9. And then I went into my living room and sat on my couch, and I thought, what the hell am I going to do with myself for the next couple of days? (laughs) I've I've got all kinds of things I can do around my apartment. Like, I got boxes of junk I need to go through. I got decorations I never put up. But uh, the prospect of going through the weekend just kind of, I found a little daunting. I'm starting to go a little stir-crazy here, guys. Well, you know, that's it is hard. It is hard. Did you watch anything interesting this weekend, McNabb, on the on the Netflix or 
anything. I started re. I, I'm glad you said Money Heist just now, Brett, because I was looking for something new to watch. I started rewatching Homeland. No idea why. I've seen the whole series, and I'm not even that interested the second time around. But here, you know, you're you're find yourself combing for things to watch and rewatch, and I, and then Star Wars appeared to be on nonstop all weekend long on TV and that was driving me crazy. Every time I came upstairs, I was like, is this on again? And kids and the husband are like, yes. Like I'm, I, I need, I need a new watching pattern or something, some new hobby. Maybe I'll start knitting. <laughs> but it know. only took me five mi- five months, but I finally saw the gray cup and it's like, and it's entirety last night. Oh, that's the right. The bombers won. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Yes, we are live on Easter Monday. Mackling is at home. McNabb is at home. Kelly Moore is at home. And Jeff Braun is at home. They all join us now live on CJOB with Jeff Forte and Master Control. Just Jeff and I here at the radio station. We're the only two people in this building right now, by the way. So it is a ghost town. Our friends down the hall at our FM stations are off today. They're back tomorrow. So it's just me and Jeff until, I guess, Poitras gets here at 8 o'clock. So we're talking about panic buys because the CEO of Walmart says hair color and hair clippers are the latest phase of panic buying. So we wanted to know uh, what is the most sought-after item in our household. So, uh, Kelly Moore, why don't we start with you? Is there a particular item that uh, has become more coveted than others, or at least maybe an item that you're starting to get concerned about? Uh, no, I, I guess I, I've been able to buy one of those, you know, plastic containers of Lysol wipes in the last five weeks. So uh, every time I go shopping, uh, it's, oh, can I? No, no, they're all out again. But I'll tell you what will be the most coveted item in our household will be in about another three or four weeks when, unbeknownst to her, I take a picture of my wife not having been able to get to her hairdresser and save that for uh, maybe a happier day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right is it like bribe material is that why you're going to take the picture just to bribe bribe her later on in life possibly <laughs> all right jeff braun what about you uh for me the big one well the toilet paper is it's not a concern yet but it, like kelly said there every time i go to the grocery store i look to see if there is any and there hasn't been yet so that's gonna turn into trouble sooner or later for me, the big one was the coffee because I'm only going to the grocery store once a week. And two weeks ago when I went to the grocery store, I bought decaf instead of regular coffee by accident because I didn't want to hold up the line of people behind me. And I didn't realize until I got home and I was like, well, I can't go another week without coffee. And I was really freaking out about it. And I posted something to that effect on the internet. And then a buddy of mine that lives down the street saw it. And he's like, you know what? We got lots. And he came over with a little baggie filled with coffee and threw it across the sidewalk to me and <laughs> saved my bacon for another week. Right on. That's awesome. We got a text here. Uh, someone suggesting diapers and cat litter. Made an online order for Walmart, which I couldn't get a slot until next Sunday. No diapers, no cat litter. So, yeah, you can't go with... with if, you, if you got a baby, you got to have diapers, and if you have a cat, you got to have cat litter. So... Uh, I never would have thought about that. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. What about you, McNabb? What's the sought-after item in your house? I will say after we brought home our Click & Collect online order Saturday, 
my husband and I both looked at each other as we're wiping things off in the garage because that's all part of it now too, right? You're bringing items into your home and you think, should I wipe these things down and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, is this all I got for chips? That was (laughs) honestly, and there was, I think there has, there was seven bags. And I honestly, if I'm two weeks between orders, that gets me to what Tuesday? Like I was not happy with myself. One of our listeners saying our panic buy is potato chips. Uh, What about you, Mackling? I don't know, man. I've been doing a really good job of depriving myself of things that I normally (laughs) like to eat. Like, I haven't had any chicken wings. I haven't had a, like, takeout cheeseburger, no Coke. I had chips and dip. I guess it was Saturday night when Jackie went shopping. She goes, I got a hell of a dip in chips. I'm like, what are you trying to do to me? I'm behaving myself. Are, are, are you missing uh, more of me? Because I've been lucky enough to take off a couple of pounds in the last month or so. And uh, it was really good. That hell of a dip in those ripple chips. Oh my gosh, it was good. But you know what? I managed to, I managed to not have as much as I normally do. So I think I'm, I'm not really missing anything. To be quite frank, I'm enjoying the the being deprived of these things. It's kind of a a weird situation for me because I, I'm a glutton that way. I like if there's wings and all my favorite foods, I will eat until I'm stuffed. And so not having my faves in the house has been good. What about for you, Brett? Uh, well, I'm curious to know what's going on with Fortier. Do you, is there an item that you're starting to run low on? Paper towel. I'm a, I'm a clean freak, and so I've been trying to keep the paper towel, like try not to use as much. But what I have been doing is been using old socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for what? For cleaning. <laughs> oh. Come on, Macklin. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> wow, old socks. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I, I keep a bag in my closet, and every time I have a hole in my sock, like, I just, I can't stand, because with my floors at home, you can feel your skin touching the floor in the hole, so I... I I, I should just throw them away, but I, I always kept them because I thought I'd use them as a, a, a rag, and that's what I've been doing lately is using them as a rag. So I'm using less paper towel, but paper towel is what I need. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Yes, we are live today on Easter Monday. Question of the day at cjob.com. Brought to you by Credit Aid. Helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca. Call 204-987-6890. And Friday afternoon's question was, 54% of Canadians are feeling lonely during the pandemic. What are you doing most to offset the loneliness? 65% say listening to the radio and watching TV. Thanks to everybody listening to 680 CJOB this morning. Just like Friday, we are getting an avalanche of text messages at 204-780-6868. say going for walks just to see people. And 13% say having video chats with friends and family. And I did make it to my online house party, Mackling, on Friday. I didn't sleep through it like I did last week. And uh, I tried out the house party, played some games, played some Pictionary, and did some trivia. So if you haven't tried the house party app, it's a fun alternative to Zoom because you get to play games on top of just seeing your friends whom you maybe haven't seen in a long time. Right now, Loren McNabb, we're going to start this half hour on the subject of transit. Yeah, and I think on any other day or perhaps perhaps in any other times, what happened yesterday would have been a cause for celebration. 11 years after construction first started on the southwest 
Transit Corridor. That's the Rapid Transit Corridor that connects Winnipeg's downtown to the U of M and then St. Norbert. It officially opened to the public, and there would have been a big fanfare for that if it weren't for these COVID-19 times. Now some questions are being raised about how that line might run because it right now is being operated on uh, frequency transit. It's, it's being treated as if there are tons of riders on it, and our next guest is wondering why that is. Janice Lukes is, of course, the city councillor for Waverly West and joins us now. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Loren. Good morning. If we could just start off with the excitement that you would have had for this project, because it is a big deal to finally have this completed, Janice. You know, um, in 2009, the city had asked me to sit on an advisory committee for the first phase of the Rapid Transit Corridor. I was very involved in it. I was there in 2012, April 8, 2012, when we cut the ribbon and opened the first section. And I, I mean, when I ran to be elected in 2014, I campaigned on making sure that I, you know, see this thing completed. And and I've been working with the department on it for routing, and it's just so it's so bittersweet, right? Like it's opening and we're not taking the bus <laughs> things like it, it's everything's upside down i'm telling people to don't go on play structures don't hang out with your friends on the weekend don't go take the bus you know it's it's a crazy world right now well sad. this would have been as you it is sad because as you mentioned this would have been a project worthy of celebration it's opening it's launch on Saturday, I know I would have been there with my kids riding it from beginning to end and then back downtown just to see it finally yes. completed. This is something that Winnipeg's been talking about for 40 years. But <laughs> the flip side of that is we've got transit ridership down about 70% right now. The University of Manitoba is closed to students. So the demand on that transit corridor is obviously dramatically reduced what do you think the city should do in response to this situation as they roll out this new service? Is it a, is it in any way a catch-22, Janice, as they, they try to work the bugs out of something that, that's brand new, this sort of feeder system in neighbourhoods? Is there some benefit to keeping it running as planned for a couple of weeks or so? Well, <laughs> we have two varying opinions on that. Uh, transit opinion is that, yes, we should be running it in high-frequency mode as if nothing's changed. We should, you know, try out these new routes and, and see where the people are getting on and where the people are getting off. Um, cost, you know, cost money to run transit. High-frequency is buses up and, down, uh, up and down the corridor every three to five minutes. Uh, feeder routes looping through the neighborhoods, you know, very frequently. But, like you said, transit's down 70 percent um u of m's closed so i raised these concerns i've been raising them for the past basically two and a half three weeks ever since covid really started taking hold and um my understanding was that uh, maybe an enhanced saturday schedule would be how the routes and how the system would be introduced you know they've posted signs they've done advertising all this work has been going on I just can't comprehend why it's running at high frequency mode. Um, transit officials feel that they need to run it at high frequency mode to to see, they say, where people are getting on and where people are getting off. So when they reduce the transit, they know where to reduce it. Well, I, I have a hard time thinking people that took the bus last week are, you know, 
And they're the same ones that are going to be probably taking it this week. I don't think that because we've got rapid transit running, we're going to see an increase of 30%, 40% more people taking the bus. Um, you know, it, this is a problem. Cities all over Canada are, are bleeding money. We're no different. Cities all over Canada started reducing their transit schedules in March, and we've not. Um, to me, that speaks of a fiscal responsibility that needs to be a, a lot better, and I'm not happy right now. <laughs> how many people are even allowed to get on a bus right now? Like, I'm trying to think of how, ma- how many seats a, a typical bus would have, but uh, I would imagine, um, you know, with, with the social distancing, it's probably can only be a couple of handfuls of people on a bus at any given time. Well, probably, right? I don't know exactly. It depends on the size of the bus they're running, right? I know the the bendy buses, they're the ones that were supposed to be running up and down the, the main corridor, the main spine, I totally get we should be social distancing on the bus. I completely get that. But transit use, ridership is down 70%. So, you know, let's see how long this goes on for, I guess. I'm I'm really, I've expressed my concern. I've expressed how disappointed I am. Um, We're going to have a big problem as a city in in the weeks to come and the months to come because our revenue sources are just disappearing and we have to keep essential services going transit in my opinion is an essential service we need to keep transit going we don't need to be operating at our high frequency and so look, just, i have the last person saying cut transit to my ward like again i can't believe this right it's crazy i i've fought so long and hard to get transit to every community oh my goodness at the end of the day, just for the sake of our listeners' understanding, the, the Transit Rapid Corridor is up and running between downtown and the U of M. It's operating at high frequency. You're questioning that because of the the fact that ridership is down and people aren't riding as much and that the costs that might go into keeping it at high frequency don't make sense in this age. The response from transit so far has been, how long are they willing to do it? Are, are they saying it's just a matter of weeks before they reduce it, Janice, or could it be longer? Well, you know what? I don't think they'll reduce it to the political to the political level, tell them to reduce it. I, I, I can't. I, they're not really saying. They're saying they're going to run it at high frequency for a while to see how things work. Genesis. I got an email on Saturday night at 9.30 explaining it before it starts on Sunday. All right. Well, Janice Lukes, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. We appreciate the time, as always. You're welcome. Thank you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and we're going to spend a lot of this morning talking, Loren, about moving during a pandemic. Yeah, renting, how to move, are you allowed to show your apartment, do you let people in to see your apartment, Uh, what about your house? And that's where we want to start right now with questions around house and home ownership, because for anyone that does own a home, it's likely to be the largest purchase you've ever made. There's also a very chance, very good chance, that the equity or value of your home represents a large portion of your personal net worth. And so we want to ask this morning, Greg, how is the housing market handling the shock of what's happened in our society in the past four to six weeks? Yeah, I personally know at least one person who's purchased a house in the last four weeks just ahead of the shelter in place and public health, social distancing rules and these uh, health orders. So Peter Squires agreed to join us this morning. He's vice president of external relations, Winnipeg Realtors. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Greg. 
always great to get some time with you. Appreciate it. How is this upheaval in our lives affecting the real estate market overall? Well, it, it's we're, we're certainly not immune from what's going on like everyone else, and we're dealing with it as best we can and implementing uh, protocols in terms of uh, obviously we no longer have open houses, uh, many more virtual showings and learning different apps and platforms and able to, to do those so we can avoid face-to-face meetings and still show uh, our homes. I mean, the one thing I got to say is we came into this uh, pandemic in a very strong fashion. We had our probably our best quarter in one of the or one of the best first quarters, first three months in our history, uh, with a lot of momentum. So uh, obviously uh, now we're seeing uh, the impact where our sales have dropped off uh, roughly about 25 percent in the first week of April, and listings have, have even more dramatically. Uh, to more in the 50% range. Uh, however, we do have a lot of supply still remaining because of the carryover from uh, the end of 2019 and into this year. So there's still a lot, lot for sale uh, for those buyers that obviously need to move for different or, or want to move for different reasons. So the overall volume of listings, uh, how dramatic is that? Has that change been? Well, like like I said, it, it it was it's been down about fifty percent for the first week in in April, and see that still dropping off into April as people are a bit I would say on pause right now, uh, hesitant given you know the the current environment that they're deciding to you know that they they're not they're possibly going to hold off and see when how things evolve in the next few weeks or even beyond that and months and then determine when they come back onto the market. So what are we talking about and the impact that might have had on the value of a home, Peter? Well, you know what? Uh, i, I got to tell you, we, we have one of the most affordable and, and stable markets in the country, bar none, compared to markets like Toronto and Vancouver, where they have wide swings and, and had some major uh, spikes in, in prices the last few years. Uh, we've been very steady, so I don't see anything happening immediately. Obviously, if this thing, depending on how long it carries on, then we'll have to watch for that. But certainly uh, at this point, our prices have been uh, very stable uh, because they are that uh, much more affordable than some other markets. So I'm certainly not uh, looking at, at that as any, any cause for concern at this point. More, moreover, it's more the obviously drop in listings and just uh, sales activity will, will obviously fall off because this is the start of our spring market, and we're obviously not going to see the spring market uh, behave as it normally does. This will be well below average for what we expect at this time of year. Now, if you, even if you look back to the financial crisis and the, the economic uh, downturn that we had back in 08 and 09, Winnipeg came through that pretty solidly. And I know you mentioned the fact that you had such a strong quarter. I, I know lots of realtors and multiple offers were starting to become a thing again because, uh, you know, a good house sells and, and good houses were receiving multiple offers. So this is going to be frustrating pause, you know, just in terms of the industry. What about the procedures? You, you mentioned more virtual tours and and different ways in terms of technology about going about selling a house is there anything else that you've adjusted peter in terms of you know the number of meetings or or how you you interact with a client or a potential customer well i think everyone's learning about zoom now including myself right uh and or facetime and skype and all the whatsapp there's so many applications now so 
Uh, it's not like you can't sit down with someone using technology today and going through things with them. You just can't obviously meet them at a uh, at their place or your office or or in a coffee shop. You you do it in other ways, so you can still go through all the key things. I know one of the members of our industry I was watching from a mortgage broker. He said we just need to be more patient. I thought that was a good term. You know, things may not happen as quickly, but people still need to move, uh, as you're indicating today in your theme, and we'll, we'll, we'll still facilitate it, but in different ways. And, of course, do it in ways that are, are safe for everyone that's involved. Peter, I'm uh, very much, if I want to buy something, I like to see it. I like to be able to touch it if I can. I don't really do a ton of online shopping. So if I, especially in, with a house, I would need to be in that house. Uh, so as a prospect, if I'm a customer looking to buy a house, do I still have the option to enter a home to have a look at yeah, it? I, I believe that's still happening. But of course, you, you'd, uh, from what I know, because I've talked to the, you know, the inspectors are still inspecting homes. Uh, I, I believe a few appraisers have gone through homes too, and the odd case, not just outside uh, view, viewings uh, of the home. Uh, then the the people, the occupants, uh, would, the, would would leave the home for a little while, as they tend to do anyway. So the uh, the buyer can come in, and of course, in my view, you don't need to be touching things. And if there are things, and you can certainly sanitize them afterwards, and and of course, you'd have disclosure and make it clear that that person looking at the home obviously has not been out of country in the last 14 days or certainly has no symptoms at all that would give you any thought that they could, you know, be down with the, the virus. So I, I think it's still possible, but you'd be, it'd be very much selective and, and, and it wouldn't uh, obviously be a very serious prospect. And there's also things possibly that a lawyer could write in uh, that you would obviously have a right to go through the home at some point if you were that serious of committing to purchase that property. Peter Squire, Vice President of External Relations for Winnipeg Realtors. Thank you for joining us, sir. Oh, glad to talk to you guys. Stay safe. Continuing the conversation now, Mackling McGarry and McNabb on moving Loren during a pandemic. Yeah, and late last week I got an email from a listener who had questions about what her landlord is or maybe isn't allowed to do during this pandemic. Specifically, she isn't renewing her lease. She's not renewing it, and it it ends in May. And so now her landlord is, of course, trying to show her apartment, but she wanted to know if this was allowed. What are the rules for property owners when it comes to showing apartments and suites, Greg? Yeah, and uh, it sounds like a complicated question. We're going to get the answer to her question, joined by Avram Sharak with the Professional Property Managers Association. Good morning, Avram. Good morning. So uh, maybe we'll get right to that listener's question. Uh, my lease is up, and obviously I'm going to be moving out. I um, typically have to allow you to show that apartment. Is that still the case? That is still the case, although one would... Uh try to use or actually must use under the law social distancing while showing apartments. So how are the apartments being shown then? There's a lot of different approaches by a lot of different landlords. Some of the more technologically forward landlords are only using virtual showings at this point to avoid the possibility of contact. Some are trying to show vacant units only in the building and say the one upstairs looks just like this, only it's upstairs. And some, and, and in some cases, you have no choice but to show the actual unit because the person has a right to see what they're going to rent. 
So if that's the case and that happens, are there rules in place afterwards for how the apartment might be cleaned or if the person needs to be at least wearing gloves while they're walking around or always under the guidance of the landlord, Evram? So again, it's case by case. Uh, Our company and many companies are doing similar things to what you just described. So we we have a no-touch policy if people go into a suite, whether it's empty or not. Uh, The resident manager is the only one who's opening doors. Uh, the resident manager is staying at least two meters away from the person viewing the suite. And we encourage the tenant to either stay in the living room, as an example, or to go out in the hallway if we're showing a, an occupied suite. The vacant suite, it's much easier. Yeah, so obviously things are so much different now than they were just uh, four or five or even six weeks ago, Avram. And uh, you've got landlords and property owners who are struggling with uh, with tenants who are having a difficult time paying the rent. So that's a challenge. So to take away this opportunity to rent things out would be difficult. Tell us a little bit more about the the folks that are having difficulty in paying rent and the conversations that are taking place between property owners, property management, and folks maybe that have lost their jobs, seen their wages cut drastically, their hours, etc. What's going on there? So the vast majority of uh, property managers I speak to are people who are tenants, have indicated that there's a lot of understanding out there. We're all trying to work with each other and, and hoping that eventually, in a few months, they'll be caught up. Uh, no one is forgiving rent at this point, but, uh, you know, we have tenants who's, who've told us straight up, it may be uh, the 20th or the 30th of this month before you see a penny, and we've said, you know, we understand, uh, and that's what's happening with the majority of landlords. So we know, so, or go, go ahead, Loren. No, I'm, I'm busy interrupting everybody this morning. No, that was my fault. <laughs> but I, but I, we talk about rent being an issue and the concerns about showing the apartment going forward. Do you see any need for additional rule rule changes or having uh, more uh, government input here because it might be go on months, not weeks? So, uh, my personal belief is the government should get involved um, when necessary. Uh, at this point, there does not appear to be a general or even a, a, a specific case of lots of problems. Uh, I think it's better when the government tries to let us work this through ourselves until such time as it appears that uh, either tenants or landlords are are not acting in a reasonable fashion. Um, You know, Ontario made the mistake, as an example, of putting out uh, legislation or or directive last week that only absolutely necessary repairs can be done and you'll be fined if you do anything else. So the landlords associations in Ontario asked what's necessary and they said, talk to your lawyers and figure it out. Uh, so government should get involved, but they should also know how and when to get involved. Oh, and on that subject then, if, if there's a, a repair that needs to be done in my in my place, but if it's not something that's, you know, like, for example, if a fridge my fridge breaks down, well, I would expect a new fridge, but if my closet door is kind of hanging off loose, that's probably not going to be something that'll be repaired anytime soon. Is that what I'm sort of gathering there? Uh, most of us in the industry are, are suggesting to our tenants exactly that. If it's cosmetic or not uh, immediate, please wait, and hopefully in a month or two, I only wish, uh, we'll get back to normal and we'll take care of absolutely everything. Avram, we've just got a minute left here, but we just got a text message, and maybe you could give some advice to this person listening right now. My granddaughter is looking for a one-bedroom apartment for May 1st. She's having problems because people are not answering the phone or willing to show places. She's starting to panic. Uh, well, I could say call my company. We're answering, but but uh, go start working with, and I don't, I'm not trying to say this to be disingenuous, work with the larger companies, companies that... Um, have a lot of apartment units. Uh, 
we are still operating, most of us. Email us, use our contact information on our webpage. Uh, we'll get back to you for sure. My company still has a couple, or about four or five people in our office every day, uh, but a lot of companies are actually 100% remote now, and that's why they're not answering the phone, but they're checking their emails. Avram Sharak with the Professional Property Managers Association joining us live on 680 CJOB. Avram, thank you very much for this. Much appreciated, sir. You're very welcome. Stay well. We're talking about transit, obviously, and the fact that fewer people might be riding it. And uh, the idea was that from this one listener wrote to say, well, even if Winnipeg Transit is down 80%, that still means 33,000 rides a day for frontline workers and people going to buy groceries or doctor appointments or more. They say that more frequency allows for less crowded buses by passing up, knowing another bus will be along shortly. Let's keep things in perspective. Transit is still an essential service, especially now. And so, again, their point was, if you have more frequent buses, you don't have to get on the one that might have more people. You can wait for the next one to come along and then therefore keep your social distance, Brett. Yeah, we got another text here from Johnny who simply says, shut down. When the Winnipeg Transit Blue Line need to save fuel and wages, open the blue line when the pandemic is over. The rapid transit system was a complete failure, not going to be used by middle class uh, now because of social distancing even more so. So that's from Johnny. Uh, thank you for that, Johnny. And you can text us with any thoughts you might have uh, on Transit at 204-780-6868 or any other thoughts you have. Like somebody here is just mentioning, asking, hey, Brett, have you heard anything about if golf courses are going to be open this spring? And uh, the word on that is they are allowed to prepare for opening, but they still they can't open until the green light is given from the province. So I want to continue the conversation now on moving and the joys of moving, as you may know. I may remember, and I won't rehash the reasons as to why, but I had to move twice last year in six months. And, you know, even though having to move twice in a year sucks, it can be fun getting your your buddies together. Although, Greg, you've moved how many times in your life? 32 or 33. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. I, I just, it's it's ludicrous. Fortunately, me, I've been in the same place for 10 years now. It's a record for me, as you might imagine. Yeah, that gives me anxiety just thinking about it. But hey, sometimes if you, you get your friends together to move and you don't hire professionals, well, we all know how it can go sometimes. I, was like, I, I just don't think it's going to fit. Oh, yeah, Will, come on up, 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 up. pivot anymore you think (laughs) trying to get the couch up the winding stairs in ross's new apartment building and uh loren that's not fun when that happens oh i love it i once had an apartment where nothing would fit up the staircase because it was enclosed in a super tight space and so my dad jerry rigged this pulley system and there we were in the middle of winter pulling up this couch like up a couple floors from just passing other people's windows like nothing to see here just lifting a couch up through the third story yep getting buddies together right now though if you were getting family even together that didn't live in your own home that would contravene public health orders and put your health at risk and moving is already one of the most stressful things you can do at the best of time so right now i can only imagine greg it's bordering on a nightmare consideration for many 
Yeah, and there will be people who have to move, right? Their lease is up. We were talking about that earlier, and they've made a decision to move months ago, or perhaps you bought or sold your house December, January, and moving day is on the horizon. Our next guest is here to help. Garth Riccone of Shortline Moving Solutions joins us now. Good morning, Garth. Morning. How's everybody this morning? We're doing all right. We appreciate you taking some time to give us some insight as to what you're dealing with. How does this last month and this month overall compare to a, a regular month in your business? Nothing regular about life right now. No, there isn't. No, it's down about 20%. And, uh, you know, cancellations are up. Um, everybody seems to be in pretty good spirits, etc. But there's, there's, there's a, an awkward, like there's a hesitance, right? And so, uh, uh, but you cited most of the reasons why, I mean, people have to move. They've sold their homes. Uh, they have to move for, it could be, it could be work. It could be, you know, a business consideration. It could be financial, uh, you know, etc. So at the end of the day, we're still, you know, classified as an essential service and we're still out there, right? What sort of extra services or levels of service are customers requesting right now? Protection for the most part. Protection and distancing are the two things, right? So, you know, in, in a move situation, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you have to go in and handle the furniture, right? So we have, I mean, we have a policy where a very strict policy as far as sickness, uh, sickness goes, guys can't come to work if they're, if they're not feeling well. We haven't had to implement it, and so, uh, you know, we've had no, uh, you know, no no cases or, you know, anything even close to, to what we would worry as a, as a symptom as of yet. But, um, you know, the, the guys that we send in there, for the most part, we, 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 uh, we figure they're pretty good to go. So, so what- but, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to handle the furniture, and we've got to... Uh, um, uh, take it out to the truck and take it into the new place. So so what customers are doing is they're trying to distance themselves as much as possible. We even have situations where customers will leave while we do the work. Um, the guys were requested or uh, special consideration situations where they'll wear masks and gloves and so on and so forth and, and, uh, and that sort of thing, yeah. So they wear, they wear masks. At the end of the day, you mentioned people are still touching the furniture. So is there any added step afterwards from the owner or the renter who might say, now I'm going to wipe everything down or you guys go through all that? Or is that just something I would do for my own precaution after the move is complete? That would, for the most part, see, because moves are all, all about the time, too. So you have two considerations there, right? You have the, it, 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 the, more, the more time that's involved, the more expensive it becomes, right? And so that said, I mean, the guys always wear gloves, for sure, uh, at a minimum. Masks are tricky because of the fact that they, uh, they sort of inhibit your, uh, you know, they inhibit the, the breathing, right? So, so when you're doing very, very physical work, uh, you know, you'd mentioned you guys up and down the stairs of the spiral staircase with a sofa. Um, now try doing that with a mask on. So we do it, and, but we try and reserve it at, the, you know, in the current model, we're sort of watching the, you know, uh, watching how it goes day by day. And we're doing it for special request uh, uh, situations, and, and one such is when we deal with a lot of these government buildings, uh, they request that we go in with masks on, and, and we definitely do so. Garth, I think that over over the years that maybe movers, guys that move things around for a living don't necessarily get the respect that they deserve. Are you seeing a, a growing respect for your industry and, and for the guys and gals that might be on the front lines with this? You know what, we do... Uh, we don't. We haven't had really much of a problem as far as the respect thing goes. Um, you know, we've got a good good part of our business is is, is called from the residential market. Um, there's a substantial amount that's that's uh, comes from the corporate side, 
and so the guys are well versed to you know to handle uh, office moves and 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 uh, residential moves alike, and so uh, we we don't re- we've never really had a real uh, a respect issue I don't think for the most part you know uh, customers are pretty uh, they're they're in pretty good spirits um, they're a little bit hesitant and stuff like that and we understand that there's going to be a little more stress involved right now but at the end of the day they know they have to get it done and we do what we can to help the other thing that we can incorporate too is I mean we use the it's too bad. It's not. It's not the most eco-friendly solution, unfortunately, and I think we're all faced with that. But uh, you know, with the gloves and the respirators and so on and so forth. But the other thing is, there's a lot of plastic wrap, mattress bags, sofa bags, that sort of stuff. And uh, we're in a sort of a situation now where a lot of that stuff, like boxes and that, we we tend not to reuse them, right? Garth, uh, in this current era of where everybody's concerned about health and safety, can your guys refuse to move a place if they walk in? And I mean, obviously, it's going to be a mess because when people are moving, it's everything's uh, you know just sort of chaotically thrown about. But if it's also like disgusting and unclean, can your guys say, you know what, no oh, yeah. way? Hundred percent, they walk out the door. Yep, we give them complete complete authority to do that too. Yeah, there's a lead guy on every job, and if there's that type of issue, for sure, yeah, we we definitely do. Yeah. See the other thing. The other thing that I think people forget about when they talk about you know, like it's it's all the all the focus is on sanitizing and and making sure things are clean and protection stuff like that. The other thing that nobody seems to talk about is time. So if you have somebody, we had a situation once where there was some uh, there was a, a couple that had come back from the United States, and they were on um, uh, you know the the, the forced quarantine, and so. Uh, what we had suggested is that uh, they leave the premises for um, leave the premises for uh, uh, four days, and then we're we're okay to come in and and uh, and move everything because time also uh, takes care of the virus too, right? All right, Garth Riccone of Shortline Moving Solutions joining us live on 680 CJOB. Garth, thanks for the insight. This is great. Thanks very much, you guys. Good luck with everything you're doing, and uh, all the best. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Yes, we are live on Easter Monday, a full day of programming. Jeff Courier's on from 10 until 1. Hal Anderson afternoons from 1 until 4. The news with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham from 4 until 8. And happy hour with Christian O'Mell from 8 until 9. Thank you to everyone who's listened this morning and to all of the text messages, just like Good Friday. We have just been bombarded with text, and we love that. So keep them coming at 204-780-6868. If a house down your street or a condo in your building is newly for sale, would you even know it these days? Yeah, well, that's a really good question, Brett. Uh, I always try and keep on top of what's going on in my neighborhood, but because I'm not out and about, yeah, I don't know if I would know if there was a house for sale in our neighborhood. One of the things Jackie and I actually really like to do on a Sunday afternoon is to go to an open house or two, and that's to keep our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the real estate market or maybe just get an idea of what's available in other neighborhoods we might move to at some point or just uh, great ideas for design in our own home. We used to make that a part of our routine once or twice a month, and I'm always keeping that eye on the market to find out and figure out what the prices are in my neighborhood, how quickly that property sell. And right now, that practice for a lot of folks is on home, McNabb. Yeah, and as we've been talking about throughout the morning, moving in the middle of a pandemic and these uncertain economic times really isn't for the faint of heart. And so we wanted to ask a realtor 
are people buying? Are people selling? As we head into what is often considered the busiest time of year for these types of transactions, Alan Asplin is the team leader at Judy Lindsay Team Realty and joins us now. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, guys. So first, for, to clear up the what we what I just said, this is usually the busiest time of year, is it not, for real estate sales? Yeah, absolutely. Like going into April and May, that's our two busiest months of the year by far. So what if you have to sell your house right now, Alan, or you need to buy a house? Are there homes on the market? We spoke to Peter Squire earlier this morning. He says the number of listings are down, but are houses coming on the market even today or tomorrow? In March, we saw almost the same sales as we saw in 2019. They're actually up a little bit. Now, surprising to me because it, it felt a lot slower. Uh, now, going into April, we're seeing, uh, well, in 2019, there was 292 sales to today. And uh, this year, there's been 132, so considerably less so far. But what we're finding out there is that the people who are either A, selling, or B, looking to buy are very serious about it. No one's kind of kicking tires. The people who are coming out uh, have to buy or have to sell. How do you go about marketing your home in these circumstances? Well, that hasn't changed a whole lot. I mean, we're not having any open houses, as you know. But the online is over the last uh, 10 years has really become where most people look. I'd say at least 95% of people who are looking are looking online. And, uh, w- but we're not getting the calls from the signs out front. But usually those are more of the tire kickers anyways. So the, the people who are calling us from online are, are serious uh, buyers or serious sellers. Alan, probably too early to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, home is going to be the largest purchase for most of us that we ever make and represents a sizable, if not a, a big chunk of our personal net worth. How are how are housing prices holding their own right now, early into this pandemic and this economic slowdown? Yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest question that most people want, because not everybody's looking to sell right now. But if you own a house or if you have a rental property, uh, people want to know that they're not losing their money. And uh, what we've seen so far is houses uh, still maintaining good value. In fact, last week we had a house in Wolseley where uh, we'd probably see 20 or 30 showings on. We only saw four showings, so not, that wasn't very good. But we still saw two offers in the went. So we got uh, multiple offers on. So there is demand out there and people are still bidding for houses. With that demand that's there, do you see that lasting into this what is usually the busy part of the season? Because in many ways, it's early days, particularly in Manitoba, for COVID-19. And so there mm-hmm. there has to be some concern that that might soften slightly, considering just how early are we, we are in the stage here. Yeah, and, and that's the big question that people are always uh, asking us now is what's going to happen in the market? And uh, nobody really knows, I guess. And that's kind of the quick answer. But we are seeing... People to continue buying, continue selling, but we have seen some sales drop off where people were in contracts uh, that decided not to follow through with the sale because they were unsure what's going to happen. So they didn't want to commit at this point. So uh, those people will be coming back to the market once everything clears up. So there could be a little bit of a pent up demand too. So if I want to get a house and I approach Judy Lindsay team, uh, who's representing somebody selling a house, uh, what are my options in terms of looking at that house? Well, what we're, we're trying to do right now is discourage people from actually going out to look at a house unless they know for sure that they want it. Um, we're doing that a couple of ways. Uh, one thing that we've always done the, the video tours, and that's been pretty common in the marketplace for the last couple of years. What we're doing now is Matterport tours, which is an immersive tour, kind of like a virtual reality. If you have virtual reality glasses, you can actually walk through the house. 
And then the second thing we're doing is an inspection tour, which is a little bit different. So if someone serious wants to look at a house, we'll send them uh, the inspection tour video. And what that is, it shows all the bad things about the house that you wouldn't normally see in the kind of the promo video. So we'd go through and look at the wiring, look at the furnace and stuff like that so that you'd have a good understanding of what uh, the bad things are about the house as well. Obviously, being a real estate agent or a realtor is a difficult task. It's very competitive out there. How are your realtors, how are your teammates and, and other people that you know handling this right now with the, the uncertainty and and clearly uh, people's incomes are at stake right now? Yeah, it, it's it's scary. I mean, certainly like sales are down uh, on our team and, uh, and that causes not only the team agents, but as well as our admin staff, which is just not as busy. So... Uh, hopefully things get back uh, sooner than later. At the end of the day, people do have to move and we forget that. You know, it was easy. I was driving around the other day and I thought, who's selling a house in these times or who's buying one? But people do have to move for all sorts of reasons. They might have their jobs changing and they might already had a move planned. And so for those who might be uh, coming into the market or because they, they have no choice here, do you have a couple of advice or tips to them just to keep us all calm and cool? Because it's easy to get excited and overly stressed at these times, I think. Yeah, I, I think that that's exactly right. I mean, it, it, the same principles that have always held true in real estate is, you know, making sure that your house shows well when it comes time to take it to market, taking the time to, to fix it up and do the little things that will make it show better to buyers. Uh, making sure that it's advertised properly to the market and uh, making sure that you seek good professional advice on, on pricing. And, and that will ensure that even in these, these times, you'll still have a successful sale. In the, you mentioned that you do those video tours, and I just wanted to follow up on that. Uh, as a customer, do I have the option to enter a home? If, I, if I'm serious about it, I say, look, I, really want, I think I really want this house, but I got to see it in person before oh, I absolutely. sign. Yeah, we're not expecting people to be buying houses just off virtual tour, and we still have showings going on. And what most realtors are doing now is having their clients sign a form before they go in the showing. And the form just says that they haven't been sick in the last little while and that they agree that they're going to wash their homes upon entering and not to touch too many things in the house. And then on the seller side, we're having them wipe off their door handles and so forth after the showing. So trying to keep everybody safe. And everyone's been really good with that. So. Uh, buyers understand, sellers understand, and, and realtors understand. So everyone's uh, taking the necessary steps to be socially distanced and, and not put uh, each other at risk. Well, I hear just the you know the one positive for sure is that if people are reaching out, they are serious, and so that sometimes is half the battle in that business, isn't it, Alan? In terms of separating the people who are serious, people who have pre-qualified, etc., and getting those people the, the service that they're looking for versus people uh, like me who are uh, typically out there kicking tires. Yeah, and that's the. Uh... If you have to take something good out of it, I'm not taking calls on Sunday evenings to run across town to, to go show a house. It's uh, People who are calling are serious, which is nice. And But at the same time, we don't mind going out to, to help clients out, uh, even in the good times. So that, that's our job. We enjoy going out and meeting people. So uh, good and bad, I guess. Alan Asplin, president of the Judy Lindsay Team Realty, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Alan, thank you for this. Much appreciated, sir. Yeah, thanks, guys. Stay safe. And we got a text message I wanted to read from Kevin, the garbage man. This one made me laugh. And uh, maybe, Greg, I'm wondering if this is a sentiment you can appreciate. Kevin says, the next time I move, 
it will be in a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get away with that or not, but uh, I I like that sentiment. I like where I am right now, but, ah, you know, when you've moved so much, I, I think there's something that's become intrinsically entwined into my DNA by uh, by nurture, not by nature. And, uh, I, yeah, I get that itch a little bit to, to look at different places and, and ponder the possibilities. But right now, yeah, that's not happening at all. What about you, McNabb? Any, do you foresee moving any time in the near future? Oh, I always say yes, but I don't, I, I've now been in the same place for coming up on 10 years this December, and it's the longest I've ever, ever lived anywhere since leaving home at 18. So between 18 and, you know, 34, I, 20 or 25 different places. I don't know. I, I liked it. It's, but the thought of packing up, like I can't even get my pantry organized right now, let alone pack up some stuff. So I don't know. It will, I'd never say never. I would say yes. I can see it. Yeah, and I, I really what I really should take advantage of the fact that I've got extra time and go through my junk. I've got so much junk that if I were to set fire to it right now, it wouldn't <laughs> cause me any stress or anxiety whatsoever because I clearly don't need it. Most of the stuff that's in my closets in my apartment I haven't looked at in years, so why am I hanging on to it? So then in the event that I do decide, like let's say a corner suite does open up in my building and it's facing the right direction that I want and it's on a, a nicer or a higher floor than the fourth floor i might want to pack up and move at a moment's notice but uh, right now the idea of repacking everything and going through all my crap i just yeah i'm kind of i'm sort of partly with kevin the garbage man i don't want to have to move anytime soon unless it's in a body bag so yeah yeah hey thanks for that that by the way kevin i enjoyed that Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.